it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not do a town hall last night on CNN. CNN is the worst. A lot of people felt that way going in. Perhaps even more people feel that way coming out. But man, oh boy, oh man, did Donald Trump put on a show that set the media on fire and fired up his base. We're going to discuss it with Chadwick Moore, uh, editor at The Spectator. Uh, Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. And North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy who weighs in on Joe Biden's decision to open the border by rescinding Title 42. country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It's crazy. 888-788-9910 is the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig. It's very much a world is on fire moment. Uh, but we're going to lean in and roast some marshmallows on the blaze. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Happy Thursday. Uh, I will be on the television tonight with Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock. I will also be appearing alongside Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy in the 6 p.m. hour on the bottom line. Uh, Tomorrow you can catch me on Fox and Friends bright and early, and I will be on in the 8 p.m. hour tomorrow night with Kaylee McEnany, of course, the former White House press secretary for one Donald Trump, who I got to tell you, man, if you watched any of that CNN town hall last night... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> First of all, it's a win for everybody because the media, you know, they can all act apoplectic. I can't believe they do this. How could they platform such a man? The media is a bunch of losers. The terms they use, like, I can't believe we're platforming this. Yo, he's the former president of the United States. He's the most famous person alive right now. You're not platforming him. He is platforming you. Bingo. Okay, Trump put CNN on the map for one night, which is exactly why they did it. It wasn't a traditional town hall where he took 50 questions from the audience. He took most of the questions from Caitlin Collins, who fought with him the whole time. Oh, shut up, woman. Now, I know that was part of the gig. Is like they were agreeing to air this, but they were going to try to fact check it and explain why he was the devil in real time. But the problem again and again and again is when you show up for the sole purpose of, you know, trying to get some ratings and make Trump look unhinged and Trump look bad. The problem is Trump has a better connection to the average audience, to the average rank and file American worker than anybody in the media does. He knows what he's talking about. That's how he won in 2016. The media prioritized things that voters didn't care about. The media were like, listen to how he tweets. It's so bad. But Trump was talking to them about getting their jobs, about now not outsourcing our manufacturing base to China in the rest of the world. Trump was talking about securing the border, lowering crime, not getting ripped off by our European allies. Americans liked that. 
So when the media carried on for the better part of the 2016 election based on his behavior and his crass comments about women and things he said about Hillary Clinton, you know, it worked in media circles. They're like, do you believe this guy? But the voters kind of loved it. And that's what happened last night. She came right in challenging him on the election, challenging him on the findings in the recently settled civil suit in which he was, of course, found liable. He owes E. Jean Carroll about five million bucks. But CNN, the media, thought that they would turn that reality into a negative during a town hall. Wrong. Watch what Trump does here. And this is this is vintage Trump. Like his make no mistake about it. His base is fired up right now. Okay, his fellow Republican combatants in the primaries, not thrilled to wake up to the reality that a lot of the perceived negatives become positives when Trump puts a code of Trump on them, if you will. Does it sound like it's not aligned with the facts in some instances? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's their decorum uh, throughout all of the proceedings. Oh, no. But here's reality. When our country is being sold out and decimated on so many different fronts, people don't want miscongeniality. People want a fighter. And damn, did they ever see one last night. It was a wild one. Let's just jump in. We'll start with the E. Jean Carroll stuff. Here is Trump offering his take on the case. It's three sound bites, one funnier than the next. <laughs> this first one's a doozy. Clip one. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. All of these things. He would, but with her, they could put in anything. <laughs> Did you even follow that? He's talking about the woman who accused him. Accused him of rape, which, by the way, he was not found liable of raping her. So that was a lie, as it turned out. But they tried to, again pin him down based on this jury verdict and he went to talk talk, tell the story a story he wasn't allowed to tell in court this woman allegedly referred to a black man as an ape what the hell did you just say that's what she said i don't consider that good i could never condone it in a million years then he went on to offer the fact that she had a cat as he said it named vagina It's like, yo, this is a presidential candidate. It's a former president. It's so gonzo. It's so cartoonish. But it's effective because it's real. He's not talking in measured sound bites. It's not fake. It's real. It's raw, man. It's raw. But the goal last night for CNN and the goal in the media as a whole was to show how unfit he was to lead the American people. But when you listen to the laughter in the room and you see how it resonated online, you realize he's a lot more aligned with the American people than the elite journalism class. Doesn't mean I think he's going to win the election. You know, we have a lifetime to go. But it was a good night for Trump. Uh, Here is clip two. He's talking about the first time they met. Do you think that 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 will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodman, which I rarely go into, other than for a couple of charities. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. 
I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so we had this great chemistry. And a few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room, of Bergdorf Goodman, right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door, so she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, he was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it's bananas. What kind of woman meets a guy, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky? <laughs> it's bananas! It's so far out there, but let me give it to you again. Okay, Caitlin Collins is asking him this question. Hey, do you think this will deter women from voting for you? She's asking him, she's setting him up as if she's talking to a traditional politician. This is what the media likes to come back to. Oh, this guy doesn't answer the right way. He doesn't do the conventional thing. He doesn't talk like a traditional politician. We'll highlight that to show all these voters just how out of touch this guy is. Well, here's the newsflash. His superpower is that he's never going to answer with the decorum of a traditional politician because he's the only one that seems to understand the voters don't want one. Oh, wow. We're done. We're done with that. People don't care about politicians who speak in carefully curated sound bites, choreographed with their strategy team so they can have a perfect 30 seconds on the news that night. It's not about presentation anymore. It's not about optics. It's now about outcomes. Okay, we spent the last four or five decades of people getting on TV and telling us all the right things, sentences and words arranged in all the right ways to make everybody feel good. And then when you shut off the TV... They did the complete opposite of everything you heard them promise. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, the fact that he can just talk in plain English, it's not always plain, i got to be honest. (laughs) It's more appealing than you realize. Like The guy's getting laughs, he's getting applause breaks, and they're sitting in the control room at CNN like... (laughs) This was not... They wanted the ratings, but they did not want him to come off as likable. Okay, but let's talk more. We talked about the war in Ukraine. And again, she tries to pin him down on who you're rooting for because she's trying to frame his frame him as being like Trump. He's pro Russia. Even Chris Christie somehow piled onto that. Chris Christie tweeted that Trump is now a Putin puppet. There's a slob. There's a real slob. No. When you're trying to negotiate the end of a war, you don't declare an allegiance to one side. Because it creates the perception to the other side that you're not negotiating a truce in their best interests. Correct the mundo. But here is Caitlin Collins again. They're trying to highlight. Well, he won't just flat out say he wants Putin to lose. That's a bad sign. Ergo, we should just let people fight and die forever. Trump is the only guy calling for the end of the violence. And he's being portrayed as the bad guy. Like, who the hell's this guy to want to end all the killing and bloodshed? Come on, what kind of monster would do that? They've lost their way. People are so emotional when it comes to Trump, they don't have self-awareness. Okay, the guy in this clip I'm about to play is not the bad guy when it comes to a view on the war. Here it is, clip four. 
If I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? Because I'll meet with Putin, I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, what do you... Can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think you in have terms to do of winning is you have and losing. To get the, you have Mr. To President, get Europe. can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important Excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170. And they should an be. And they should the equalize. <laughs> Did you hear her <laughs> trying to pin him down? Do you want Ukraine or Russia to win? I just want to here's the thing. OK. Calling for an end of bloodshed, not aligning yourself one way or the other pre-negotiation with a side makes it a lot easier to get some type of a brokered peace. But you see in the media, in the hawk class that is Washington, D.C., they don't want an end to the war because the war's making big money. But you talk about making big money because this is the last thing Trump did as he was asked about reviving the economy. He was asked about energy. And again, his answer doesn't align with the climate crazies, doesn't align with the far left okay, agenda being pushed by this media. But you know who it does align with? The voters. Here it is, clip five. What is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. So, we were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. And nobody had ever done what I did. We got oil down to $1.87. Actually, it fell lower than that in some cases. We had to save the oil companies the, the price was getting. So we were doing incredibly. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. We were energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. We were going to be bigger than Russia and Saudi Arabia put together times two. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation, any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it. <laughs> but he's not wrong. Do you understand? The voters applauded. And everybody's like, oh, you know, it's a big pro-Trump audience. Ah. No, no. People agree with what he's saying. People want to be energy independent. People don't want to get out of bed tomorrow and go, oh, sorry, gas is 520 because they got in a fight on the other side of the world. So pay 520. Nobody wants to pay the 520, guys. People don't want to be forced out of their gas-powered vehicles. They don't want to rely on mass transit. Not when they can't even keep the trains on the tracks. Not when you can't get on the subway in New York City without seeing some pantless hobbit threatening the women and the kids on their way to school in the morning. People don't want it. Trump's answers are a lot more aligned with the priorities of the voting class in this country than the media would have you to believe. Okay, They hate the decorum of Trump. 
Okay, but the voters actually really get a kick out of a guy who, as far as he's concerned, is just an expert on everything. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We're going to get the media reaction on the Trump Town Hall in the next break. We will get your reaction as well if you want to weigh in. 888-788-9910. Here's an exchange between Trump and Caitlin Collins over the classified documents fiasco. Uh, this gets a little testy. Clip six. I was negotiating with NARA. Do you know what NARA is? The National Archives. Extremely, but you extremely don't left group of them. people. Extremely left. And I was negotiating with them. All of a sudden, they raided my house. They didn't raid the house of Joe Biden. They didn't raid Obama. But Joe Biden didn't ignore a subpoena to get those documents back like Joe you Biden did. And took so that's the question. Boxes. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> Once again, because she was debating him in between every statement, in between every word. We got a fact check guy. This guy, he characterized them as an extremely left organization. And she interjects with, they're not, they're not left. They're not left. They're not extreme left. Well, the fact remains they raided his house, armed guards, despite the fact that he had Secret Service there to protect the house. Biden had documents unsecured at a college, at his beach house, and in his garage. There was no raid, so you can see where he might have thought they were a little biased towards him. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Busy day on the show. Chadwick Moore is coming up. Daniel Turner will be in the house. North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy as well. Batting leadoff, though, out in Brooklyn. Alex is on the line. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks so much for taking the call. You know, you're 101 billion percent right about your commentary on the Trump comments of him not wanting to you know, condemn Putin and say that he's a war criminal because a lot of crappy people don't get it. (laughs) If he wants, he thinks he's going to be president Mm -hmm. and he plans on getting Putin and Zelensky to the negotiating table and to Mm -hmm. condemn either of them would be completely stupid and it would make it more difficult for him to do that. So that's why he said that. But I, I think that 
it, it tasted like 2016 last night. It didn't taste like the 2020 general election debates because Joe Biden was half asleep then. <laughs> and it was like having some MMA fighter fi- boxing with a fighting with a two year old yeah. uh, during the 2020 debates. But she was pretty good at debating, but Trump was way better and it was so interesting. And I think it's going to be disappointing because he said he might not do uh, the primary debates in, yeah. on the Republican side. I think he will. Time around. I don't think he can resist because he likes the camera. He likes it. And this he is his it. strong suit. You know, this mm-hmm. is his favorite thing in the world. Like Trump you know? likes to do town halls for the same reason I do stand up on the weekends. It's like we're, <laughs> it's our natural habitat. You want to be out there with sure. live ammo, having fun in the moment. It's not a skill everybody has. So if you have it, right. you want to deploy it, you know. You know, and one of the excuses he's giving for why he doesn't want to do a debate is because the moderators are very unfair to him. That's where he shines. That's the best moment of trolling them They out. don't treat him fairly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, you're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to comment about the uh, also Ukraine because he said he would get it done in 24 hours. I think it was exaggerating a little. Of but a lot of professional people out there are saying he's crazy for saying that. It's not. You know, when I look at 2020, he said we're going to get the vaccine before the end of the election in 2020. Mm-hmm. And all the professionals out there, including Joe Biden, said, oh, it's never going to happen. We're not having the vaccine. And if we do, it's going to be unsafe. And he turned out to be right. Yeah. He says extreme stuff, but he has a record of being right on these things. So, you know what? I trust him more than I do the others that say there's no way he can get it done in 24 hours. I think he has a plan, and I think he might get it resolved way mm-hmm. better than any other person probably in the country. Well, here's the but, difference, uh, Al. Let me just say this. Mm-hmm. He wants to get it done. Like, the difference between him and everybody else sure. in the country is they don't want the war to end. It's a lot right. of money. There's a lot of money in war, mm-hmm. especially if you can keep it on the other side of the world and we can just fund it back channel and send a couple of Venmos. Right. You know, war's big business in D.C. And, and then he made, the, you know, mm-hmm. they he made tr- the point about all the money we're sending there. Yeah. And those countries are paying way less. You know, he said, why are we doing that? But the truth is, if we wouldn't be giving this billions of billions of dollars, maybe the neighboring countries, if they're afraid of Russia taking over Ukraine, then they would start shelling out the cash. So it's not like we have to do it because they're not doing it. They're not paying because we're the ones that are paying it. They're taking advantage of us. Yep, it's but, crazy. You get it. Yep. But bottom line, oh, yep. and they tried to say, oh, you know, he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He never said that. Oh, never. No. Uh, but that's what's funny. I'm about to play a clip of Byron Donalds, who's always on our show. He was on the mm-hmm. CNN panel last night, and he just oh, I saw that. ate him alive. Man, he, he dunked it. That, yeah. was, that was just well, as good as, almost as good as the debate. Well, here it comes. I'm, I'm going to play it for you after this like I'm a music DJ, and we're doing a dedication. This one's for you, Alex. <laughs> we'll talk soon, buddy. Be well. So here is Byron Donalds, BD. He was on our show Monday. He comes on the show just about every week. He said Byron Donalds is the best because Byron Donalds is telling you the truth. Like, I met Byron Donalds off the air. Uh, I've met his wife, beautiful wife, Erica. Uh, His son, Mason, once hijacked our show in Florida and did 10 minutes on the air. I've met Byron's mom uh, when she was visiting Fox News with him when he was doing TV with me one night when I was hosting Kennedy. And uh, I always tell you the litmus test for getting on our show as a lawmaker is anyone can come on once. But if they've been on twice, three, four, five times, it's because I've met them off the air and I know they're not full of Like, they don't know that I'm subjecting them to this test. But when I meet people, like, I don't want to be like a talking point propaganda arm of a political party. I just want to be a talk show host. I didn't get into this to win and lose elections and fight for the future of the country. Like, I understand I can make that contribution by creating, you know, people who are force multipliers of positive energy that lean to the right and prioritize the country above all else. That's my goal. That's what I'm trying to create. It doesn't help me create that by getting people on the show that aren't actually committed to what they're telling you when you see them on TV.
So the people I meet off the air and the, who consistently appear on the show, it's because it's not, I realize, a performance. They just genuinely care, you know. And so the funny thing last night about Byron Donalds is they bring him on as the black conservative, which gives CNN credit for even putting him on TV because they've spent their whole life telling the audience there's no such thing. So the fact that Byron's even there, okay, to the audience, they just well, this guy must be a Democrat because we were told, you know, you can't even be black if you have a choice between one or the other. That was the sale. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But Byron Donalds, I think, would tell you that he is black. Uh, he is a conservative and he wants to fight the idea battle. So he did a really good job of cleaning up the CNN mess. So the Trump clip that I played earlier about Ukraine was he wants to end the war in 24 hours. They both have weaknesses. We need to stop all of this killing. Okay, that's what he said. And Caitlin Collins said, well, let me just play you the clip because I'll explain what Byron had to deal with. It's clip four. If I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? First, I'll meet with Putin. I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this country. Now, what do you... Can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think you in terms of winning and losing. Mr. President, can Europe. I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important statement Excuse me, statement let me just, just follow up. There. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170. And they should an be. And they should the equalize. So understand this, okay? Trump's priority here, stop dying, stop spending money, okay? Both of those things, really good priorities. I think he's got a point. Good priorities. Less death, less money on death. That's the official position. Why is he not aligning himself with one side? Because if you're trying to negotiate a legitimate end to a war, you don't show up to the meeting as... I'm with these people because that's not a truce. That's an escalation. <laughs> that's not a, That's not how you make a truce. Okay, we need to end this war on terms that are going to favor this country. Do you think the people on the other end of the side want to make a deal with you? The answer would be no. No, they're at war. They want to win. So if you're getting them to agree to a peace settlement... It's something that will allow them both to retreat with a, I don't know, palatable agreement. Okay, not an outright declaration of victory, although I don't doubt that both sides will do so in their homeland. But the truth is, if you want to end the war, you don't show up and say, all right, I need these guys to win. So give them everything we want. And then we'll be done with this war. It doesn't work that way. That's true. That is true. Okay, but understand, CNN tried to frame that as, oh, well, Trump just wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. Did he didn't say anything remotely close to that. And to Byron Donald's credit, 
He was on their live panel reacting to Van Jones, and he took the fight right to him. Clip seven. First of all, town halls are for the voters, not for the press, not for the person who's the moderator. Caitlin spent more time interjecting her own viewpoints or her own look, views on the situation. Me, the, the, hold, those are actually hold, facts. Hold, now, are you, hold on. Are you guys not going to interject your well, views on here? Do I get a chance to right, speak now? If you're speaking okay, falsely, wait a second, wait a second, those were facts. The town hall is for the president to speak to the voters of New Hampshire, not for this back and forth well, with, with media. Who that's number that? one. Hold on. That's, hold on. That's number one. Number two, with respect to Ukraine, I totally disagree. He did not say he was just going to give over Ukraine the way you intimate, Van. He did not say that. What he said was is that he would actually look for a solution to end it quickly. He put 24 hours on it, but let's be very clear. What Joe Biden has done has been a disaster because initially with Ukraine. Joe Biden wanted to give Vladimir Zelensky a, a ride out of Dodge. He wanted to give him a plane ride. And it wasn't until people in Moscow, in Ukraine, here in the United States said this invasion is wrong, that Joe Biden reversed course. Do you want a victory in Ukraine? I'm just trying to respond to everything that's been coming up on the table. Did you hear that? And they tried to pin it on him at the end. Do you want a victory in Ukraine? Do you want a victory? In my opinion, that sucked. They're trying to... This is what the left does, okay? Liberals are lazy people. They're very – they're lazy people, intellectually lazy people. Just give them an oversimplified, hyper-reductive characterization of a situation so they know how to feel morally superior to the other side. That's the gig. Okay, I would love – I mean I wouldn't love it. I'd probably blow my brains out. But if I was a liberal comedy writer, oh my god, just get out of bed every day and tell them why the middle of the country is racist. See, so it's all you got to do. You're on, you're on Colbert. You're good. You're in. You're on CNN. You're on MSNBC. I mean, it'd be miserable, but it's the easiest job you'll ever do. Because they're, all they do, again, Trump's comments, go. he goes to great length. We need to stop the killing. We need to stop spending all the money on killing. We need to negotiate an agreeable peace. They characterized that as he's trying to give Ukraine to Russia. It's not just not the case. Okay, but Byron has to call it out, and what do they try to do? They say, well, you must be on Russia's side. Do you want Ukraine to win? You must be on Russia's side. That's what they, they're not capable of a substantive debate. They're not capable of an accurate framing of the conversation. It's just, well, let's discredit this Byron Donalds guy. We'll say he's a Putin puppet. And that's what they tried to do. It's embarrassing. Here is Byron Donalds talking about January 6th. Because, again, there is a January 6th that we all watched in real time and condemned jointly. This is bad. It's horrible. Okay, no one think it's good. We're not on board with this sort of thing. But the Democrats have tried to repurpose it into something altogether different, which it was a coup attempt to overthrow the government. It, none of that went on. Okay, but they tried to characterize it as such. Here is Byron Donalds speaking to what went on under oath as it pertains to January 6th, as it pertains to testimony, as it pertains to National Guard troops. Something you don't hear a lot about on the left, but Byron Donalds was willing to speak to on live TV. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. I can't vouch for that, but here it is, clip eight. We spent 20, 22, 23 minutes talking about January 6th. Uh, we could have been talking about a whole lot of other issues instead of do, doing that for the first half hour or so. But let me be very clear. What was said in this town hall 
about National Guard troops that were authorized by by Caitlin was wrong. I'm on the oversight committee. I was in two hearings on January 6th. It was testified in oversight that Donald Trump authorized National Guard troops on January 4. He followed up in a call with then acting Secretary of Defense on January 5, trying to see where the deployment was on those troops. That is testimony in the Oversight Committee. Everybody testified in Oversight Committee when Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House, except one organization, and that was the Capitol Police. Did you read the Secretary Nancy of Pelosi book? would not allow that. The, it, I'm, te- well, I'm telling you what was testified to in the Oversight Committee it, right. under oath. Well, let me just- you can't handle the truth. Okay, they like to give you this narrative of, like, Trump wanted to overthrow the government. Okay, under oath. Okay, they testified that Trump tried to get National Guard troops to the Capitol on the day of his speech because he didn't want it to go sideways. On January 5th, he followed up to see where the troops were. This was the testimony given to the Oversight Committee under oath for the penalty of perjury, meaning the person who said this would have went to jail if he was lying. But the Democrats have tried to convince you that January 6th was not just a protest that got out of hand. It was a carefully planned attempt by Donald Trump to overthrow the government. Come on, don't bullshit me. You know, the Donald Trump who had requested additional National Guard troops. You know, the Donald Trump who followed up to make sure there would be additional National Guard troops. And again... The only people who didn't get to testify under oath about January 6th were the Capitol Police because Pelosi wouldn't let them. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Okay, understand, they have taken something that was a point of consensus. January 6th was bad. You shouldn't be ripping through the Capitol, tearing stuff up. But they tried to retrofit it into it was a white supremacist coup to overthrow the government. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, Byron Donald's speaking to that. Why? Because CNN said, well, the moderator should interrupt him because it's she's given facts. What he was saying was false in their worldview. What he was saying was false. But if you were in the oversight committee witnessing the testimony under oath, then you know that January 6th is an entirely different ordeal than the one the Democrats have tried to turn it into. Was it good? No, it was bad. It was real bad, but it wasn't what they wanted it to be. And that's why I thought Byron Donalds was so devastating last night for the same reason Trump was so devastating last night. CNN had a plan going into last night. They're like, we've got it. We'll bring these Republicans on. We'll get a ton of ratings and we'll make them look bad. Woo! It's going to be great. Well, the good news is they did get a ton of ratings and they did make people look bad. The bad news, it was all of them who look bad. (laughs) The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon giving you a little media reaction to last night's Trump Town Hall. One of my favorite moments was CNN asked an audience member, asked the audience members after the town hall about Trump's take on things. And uh, it was a really funny answer he got out of this kid. 
Uh, let me play it for you. It's clip 12. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's also the media narrative, as you guys asked him the first question at the town hall about the 2020 election rather than current stuff. So don't you think he could say it's time for me to start talking about 2024 and not lies that aren't true? Couldn't the media ask him a question about 2024? Well, there were questions, but you're right. That was the first thing, but that's something that was on our mind. And that's why I was asked first. (laughs) (laughs) That exchange? Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020? And the kid goes, well, it was the first question you asked him. If you don't want him to talk about 2020, oh, I don't know. Maybe don't ask him about 2020. You are correct, sir. But do you see how, again, they were framing this to make him look bad. It was a have it both ways. Okay, listen, I know we all get out of bed in the morning and devote everything in our bodies to hating Trump and his supporters so we don't have to look inward at the things we hate about ourselves. But we're going to hold our nose and throw him on our channel tonight and we'll make him look bad for an hour. We'll get all the ratings in the world. That was the plan. Okay, that's what they were trying to sell you. Trump is the worst guy on earth. We're CNN. We know better. We're high and mighty. Look at these awful people. That was the plan. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And we are back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America. You're home for top shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Title 42 getting ready to lapse as we speak. Biden sucks. Uh, They're talking about upwards of 80,000 migrants making it into the country this weekend alone. And a lot of those self-declared sanctuary cities like the one I live in in New York now saying they're not a sanctuary city after all. Democrats are so full of crap. We're going to discuss it in this hour with North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy. Uh, you're welcome to weigh in as well. 888-788-9910. Busy Thursday on the show. And we had a little fun in the last hour with the Trump Town Hall. We will certainly circle back to that in the immortal words of Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. All right. Behave, Lincoln. Let's just have a conversation here because the Trump town hall was superficial in the sense it was, you know, CNN people trying to make him look bad. Trump getting a lot of laughs out of the audience. He did. He did Trump stuff. OK, he got up there. It was a very Trumpian night. You know, everything that they thought might be a weakness like, oh, Trump just, you know, forced to pay in this defamation suit. He owes E. Jean Carroll five million bucks. So we're going to clown him with that one. And it didn't quite go that way because Trump's answer on E. Jean Carroll was pretty hilarious. We're going to play it for you later in the hour. It was actually funny. Now, on the left, they're apoplectic because this is a guy clowning an accuser. Uh, But the answer about E. Jean Carroll and things that were and weren't admissible in court is funny. doesn't matter what the charge happens to be. It was just a funny exchange between two human beings. And sometimes we are allowed to laugh because it's America. Everybody tries to make too much out of everything. And while we're fighting over semantics at a town hall, we're completely oblivious to the fact that today the border now is just completely, completely at a loss 
of operational control. And those aren't my words. That's Customs and Border Patrol. That's the people tasked with protecting us now saying the end of Title 42 is the end of any semblance of border security as we know it. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. I'm going to play you some clips from those people trying to explain how it's going to work out okay. But the way things are set to go now, and you got to understand this, okay, people are coming to our southern border for a very simple reason. Okay, it's two reasons. One is, you know, legitimately, and I wish this would give everyone listening some perspective, not that you need it if you're a regular listener of this audience. You get it. You're lucky to live in America. Okay, people are coming here primarily because of what's on the other side of the border, which is a true land of opportunity. Okay, there is no greater source of good in the world than the United States of America. There is no, okay, more tolerant or inclusive society. And if you live here, you have American privilege, not white privilege. You have American privilege. Anyone can be anything here. There is more upward mobility in the spectacular possibilities of life in this country than anywhere else. That's why I'm on the air doing an American talk show, trying to give everybody perspective that you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, as long as you're in on the joke that we are the most fortunate people known to man. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. So understand, the people coming to this border illegally are coming, one, because they just want to get in really bad. Okay, I get it. They're fleeing failing nations, narco states, corrupt governments, food shortages, cartel violence. They're coming here for a better life. That is the primary motivator, number one. But number two, the reason they're coming right now, are you ready for it? It's pretty simple, but are you ready? It's because they know they'll get in. You're absolutely right. Joe Biden ran for office on a promise to rescind Donald Trump's border policies. That's Use your common sense. But the Democrats liked it. Why? Because a political party that had framed border security as a necessity when Barack Obama was president, framed border security as a necessity when George W. Bush was a president, meaning they voted for border wall funding twice, once under Bush, once under Obama. And then Trump got into office and was like, build a wall. And the Democrats were like, oh, that's racist. This is politics as usual. We should be building bridges and not walls. So Trump implemented policies like remain in Mexico that forced migrants to remain in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. That alone cut illegal border crossings, okay, by 80 percent. Why? Because if people knew they weren't going to get in, They decided not to come. It made it harder for the cartels to guarantee people safe passage into the country. And it de-incentivized the idea of taking this perilous journey with your family, knowing you were going to have to just spend the rest of your life in Mexico till your asylum case gets granted. Understand that right now, under the backlog in our immigration courts, according to the Biden administration, someone being apprehended at our southern border today will have their asylum case heard in 2026. 2026. So if you're trying to get into America right now, you get caught at the border and like, well, you got to remain in Mexico till we hear your case. These people have now committed to remaining in Mexico till at the earliest 2026. Ergo, probably wouldn't come. 
but because everyone caught at our border now gets automatically let into the country, do you understand? It doesn't matter when their asylum case is because 90% of the time, they're not even showing up. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And we're not deporting anybody, not violent criminals, let alone people who skipped an asylum case. So you understand no matter what we say about the southern border, the message going to migrants, the message going to human traffickers, the message going to drug cartels is not the message we say out loud. It's the message we send at the border based on what we do. It's not what you say at the border. It's what you do. Okay, it's like Mayorkas right now saying, oh, it's going to be difficult the next couple of days. That's why we got to pass immigration reform. Yo, these people do not have their plans affected by legislation. They're coming because they know they'll get in. Okay, if you pass new legislation, but you still don't enforce border security, guess what? They're still going to come illegally because you get right in. They're not sitting around reading legislation. They're sitting around just reading the defense. In this case, we've pulled the goalie and there is none. But here is my Orcus, clip 17. We are clear-eyed about the challenges we are likely to face in the days and weeks ahead, which have the potential to be very difficult. Even after nearly two years of preparation, we expect to see large numbers of encounters at our southern border in the days and weeks after May 11th. I mean, this guy just absolutely sucks. Just just an absolute embarrassment. Okay, we're likely to face in the days and weeks ahead. Here's a newsflash. Are you ready for it? We're already facing this stuff. Six million people have crossed the border under Biden and Mayorkas. You have no idea how to defend a nation. It's the highest recorded number in the history of the country. But they've been pretending for two and a half years it wasn't a thing. We're like, well, it could get chaotic in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Could get, yo, it's already chaotic. We broke the record. More people have crossed than at any point in the history of the country. But they're trying to pretend like, oh, this, this is the week it gets a little crazy. So what was that, a scrimmage when the other six million people came in? Okay, here's Marco Rubio talking about the message, clip 18. The truth of the matter is only about 30% of the people or less are being turned away at the border. The rest are still getting in as is. That doesn't do anything about the huge surge of migration that's already there and present. That just threatens to overwhelm us. All of this is happening, by the way, because the perception and the reality that if you make it to the U.S. border and you cross over, your chances of getting to stay in the United States are very, very high, even with Title 42 in place. I mean, think about that. That's what's going on right now. You make it to the border and you get caught, you don't get sent home. You get let in. So if you're coming into this country illegally and your family's like, yeah, I don't think you should do it. It's illegal. Probably not going to get in. I know America's great and all, but it's dangerous. 30% of the women get sexually assaulted. The cartels can put a bounty on your head. But at the same time, it is America. I mean, you are hitting the lotto if you get in. Okay, so believe me, the people back home who may not decide to subject themselves to that perilous journey because they're apprehensive over whether or not they'll get in. When they get a phone call from their relative who has gotten apprehended at the southern border and they go, oh, hey, it's me calling from the southern border. You're right. I got caught. But they let me in. You know what the relative is like? What the hell did you just say? No, I'm dead serious. They let me in. (laughs) They let me in. I got caught trying to break into the country, 
But no, no, no. I know you said I was going to get caught, so you're right. But it's a push because, yes, I got caught, but no, I didn't get sent home. They let me right in. This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. Looney Tunes. Okay, let me give you a little more. Okay, here's Joe Biden saying the border is going to be chaotic for a while. Ah, you think it's going to be? Six million people have already crossed. And understand why this is significant. Why do I harp on this? I harp on this a lot. Okay, I have a 14-year-old kid. Okay, kids in this country are getting killed by fentanyl. They're not overdosing on drugs anymore. They're getting poisoned, poisoned. An overdose carries the connotation that you did so many drugs and eventually caught up to you one night and you died. You were a junkie and eventually it caught up to you. That's how people characterize an overdose. Now, we know that's not always true, and each individual case has its own nuances and circumstances. But a poisoning death is what happens when you take fentanyl. You die instantaneously from a recreational amount of drugs. So reason number one is me trying to protect the kids in this country and make the parents hypervigilant about the reality that we're not living in the America we grew up in. We all grew up around people who did drugs. Might not have did them yourself, but you knew people in your school who did, and most of them didn't die. Doesn't work that way now. The recreational drug user does die. Okay, it's horrific. That's number one. But number two, when you talk about protecting society as a whole, who do you think is coming across the southern border? Do you think it's just a bunch of people from Mexico who want a better life in America? Ideally, it would be. But 68 different countries have made it into our country across the southern border, according to our own data. And a few hundred of them were on the terror watch list. Do you remember 9-11? Remember terrorists hijacked planes? Took out 2,000 innocent lives? They wanted to destroy our way of life. They hate us for our freedoms, all the disgusting things, all the acts that were waged in war against the civilian class in this country. The idea that you think that ended on 9-11, not that you do, but the idea that people on the left who are completely indifferent to border security don't think we're exposing ourselves to another 9-11 or, heaven forbid, something worse because we're just flat out letting people into the country? Ask yourself this question. If you want to harm America— You are a terrorist. You want to get us. Okay, you might even be on a terror watch list. You might even be banned from entering the country. Are you going to fly into the country and come through a legal port of entry and give it a shot? I mean, dude. The answer would be no. Okay, especially not when you can just walk across the southern border and get right in. So if you don't think for a second we are all of us, all of us in every city, in every state are more vulnerable to acts of terror because we're not policing our southern border. That's real, dude. Drugs, that's real. Okay, and yes, the empathy I have for migrants, 30 percent of the women crossing the border are getting sexually assaulted. Not getting a word out of that. Not a word out of that from the Democrats who tell you we care about women and children. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, my God. On this issue, I could play that drop 5,000 times. Okay, and understand, here's more Mayorkas. I'll give you another one. This is bananas. Okay, oh, the outdated immigration. Listen to this. Clip 22. Our plan will deliver results, but it will take time for those results to be fully realized, and it is essential that we all take this into account. I cannot overemphasize that our current situation is the outcome of Congress leaving a broken, outdated immigration system in place for over two decades, despite unanimous agreement that we desperately need legislative reform. Garbage like you just makes me sick. 
by Arcus. Did you hear that with a straight face? I say this all the time. We're living in the death of shame. People who should know shame don't know it. These are his exact words. I cannot overemphasize that our current situation is the outcome of Congress leaving a broken, outdated immigration system in place. That is a fact check false. Okay. The current immigration system that's in place did not halt construction of a southern border wall. The current immigration system that's in place did not end the Remain in Mexico policy. The current immigration system that's in place did not let Title 42 lapse. The Biden administration did. And anybody telling you that this was some type of a crisis they inherited, six million people have crossed this border illegally. It's the largest recorded number in the history of our country. Okay, if you're willing to get on TV and try to sell people on the idea that this was a crisis you inherited and not a crisis you created, you are not the secretary or the head of the Department of Homeland Security. You are an out-and-out circus clown. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If I was president, I would fire Mayorkas. Like, I'd fire Mayorkas in a second. I would have fired him two years ago, okay? Let's see what Harold thinks. Harold is down in Raleigh, North Carolina. His administration might be entirely different. Yo, Harold! How you doing, sir? First first and foremost, I um, respectfully, you you mentioned empathy for immigrants. Mm -hmm. What about the empathy for the poor Black and white people in this country. No My daughter's a, I got a woke daughter, and she thinks everything is black and white. Mm-hmm. I said, you've never been to Appalachia or the Mississippi Delta mm-hmm. to see how white people live. Yep. They're poor, too. Mm-hmm. No, and poor is just and, poor. And guess what? The people in Baltimore and Philadelphia probably want to get the hell out because they want to escape the violence and the gangs, too. Yep. What about the empathy for American citizens? Agreed. No, I Eric agree. Eric Adams recently cut our health insurance. For 250,000 retirees, he switched us from Medicare to Medicare Advantage, which is a disastrous plan, claiming that he's going to save $600 million. Mm-hmm. In the next breath, he says he's spending $4 billion on illegals. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, listen, American citizens are no longer the priority here, but it's crazy to see them kind of admit it. And the reason Mayorkas hasn't been fired in truth is you would fire him, I would fire him, because we want to secure the border. This administration doesn't want to secure the border. That's why he hasn't been fired. They're fine with this. Well, you know why they won't admit it, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Fraler? Because guess what? We, we keep People keep voting for the same thing. Yep. They had an idiot in Lightfoot, and this guy behind him is going to be worse than – Eric Adams is going to be worse than de Blasio. It's going to be worse. It's crazy. He he almost already is. Adams is terrible. And it's funny to watch him punt on being a sanctuary city or at least try to, because every one of these Democrats who said they were sanctuary cities had no intention on taking migrants because the crossings were going down under Trump. But now that Biden's let it go, you know, they're kind of being forced to show their cards. I think that part of it's hilarious. It's just unfortunate because there's a humanitarian crisis on both sides of the border. Well, Mr. Fehler, I called the White House when Trump was in office, and I left a message that stop fighting with these liberals, mm-hmm. send these immigrants to the richest zip codes in America, mm-hmm. and you'll have a different tune. Yep. Most of these people that are supporting this nonsense don't live near them. And when I see a conservative 
newscaster on TV interviewing them, they don't ask the $64,000 question. Where do you live? How many illegal immigrants are going to the school where your kids go? <laughs> and we all know the answer. Harold, well done as always, my man. Take a bow. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Inflation's a mess. Crime numbers aren't the greatest. But at least we have the southern border under control. Joining us now is a guy who may want to refute that assertion. He is a representative from the great state of North Carolina. We're talking about Greg Murphy. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, Jimmy. Good afternoon. How are you? And yes, I refute that absurd. <laughs> are, you, are you throwing the challenge flag right out of the gate on this interview, sir? On the ground, buddy. <laughs> well, listen, I don't think I don't think the instant replay is going to back up my call as, as it was made on the field. This is crazy. I want to start big here. OK, on any level, do you feel like this is by design? Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, Jimmy, let's just we'll try to be objective here because I think the American people. Oh, we lost your phone for a second. All right, we'll get you right back. Don't worry. That's it. That's how. That's how against my call, and I clearly made it in jest, but he was like, you know what? The comms team were like, no, no don't even talk to this guy. He's nuts. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even. <laughs> so we, we, lost you ju- we lost you just as you said, let's be objective here. I, as- I assume yeah. you so vehemently disagreed with my initial call that you just hung up the phone on me. <laughs> well, I think Mayorkas was trying to cut me off. It might have, you, know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, trying to be objective, look at what was done during the last administration where we had a defined – well-working, successful uh, immigration policy at our border. The the Central American countries all bought into it, Mm -hmm. and we did things in a processed, a legal, and a uh, 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 acceptable fashion. And here it's been Katie barring the door open, let the floodgates come in. Mm -hmm. Whether you're human traffickers, whether you're fentanyl people, whether you're um, any type of terrorist uh, that's coming in, come on in. The Chinese nationals that are coming in now at the tune of 2,000-plus a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been the absolute invasion of the country, and I think it's one of the two things that unprecedented, uh, unprecedented calls uh, that you could impeach President Biden for dereliction of duty, southern border and then the the Afghanistan withdrawal. Yeah, um, absolute dereliction of duty. I would agree. We're talking to North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy. Um you know, when I hear my orcas say things like, well, you know, this is all the end result of us not passing, you know, comprehensive immigration reform. I, I think there's a big difference between immigration and border security in that we're in this position because the things that were in place to protect our border have been rescinded. Is that not how we got to the numbers we're talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very interesting that he says that because look at what this administration has done Jimmy they have they have been ruling the country via dictatorship by um by rules mm-hmm. that they'll put out from agencies etc if they wanted to fix the problem they could actually propose rules and have it done that way but no they're going to blow out the problem make it an absolute crisis um by their design and then say oh it's congress's fault it's an absolute absurdity yeah, that's the part that drives me crazy. And and when we specifically speak to 42, uh, Title 42, they, they're framing this as if this was the only line of defense at the border. And we all know that wasn't true. But what's yeah, so what's, absolute lie. Yeah, that's that's what's so frustrating. And then when you start to hear things like 
The backlog in asylum cases, it was explained to us this morning, is going to take someone till 2026 to get their asylum case granted or heard anyway, which means these people coming here and getting let in are just in. You know, like when they call home, they don't say, don't come. We got caught. They say, come on down. We've got at least the next three years. And Lord knows none of them are going to get deported anyway. And 90 percent aren't going to show up. Mm hmm. And they never talk about that. And that's the point. Yeah, it's not, not It's not what you say. It is always when it comes to the border what you do. So, I mean, when you look at a guy like Mayorkas, who with a straight face is willing to get on TV and say the border is closed. I'll give you an analogy. Have you ever showed up to a restaurant after they closed and had 10,000 people get in and have an omelet? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he. this is uh, – it takes quite a person to look in a camera and – have a be a pathological liar oh, and that's so what true. he's done it's so that's true. what he's done it's, point blank it's just what he's done it's so true and when they try to frame border security and it's something both parties have always been in favor of you got to protect your border like any other qu- country it's the front door of the house but they're trying to reframe this issue as it's like some form of discrimination on the part of people who yeah. want to secure the border when the truth is no one's saying don't come. We're just trying to encourage legal migration because it's safer and obviously in terms of our resources more sustainable for the country as a whole. But my yeah. question to you is – And I'm amazed that they're kind of getting away with this. You know, as someone who lived in New York City in a post-September 11th world, you know, that was a never-forget moment. But if you're willing to leave the southern border open in a way that allows members of the actual terror watch list to get across the border and into our country, Mm -hmm. aren't Democrats kind of forgetting? Well, they are, and and it's just been blinded for that. And, uh, you know, it's it's just it's typical from their, their viewpoint. It's hypocritical as a way. Um, in a in a manner because it is um, don't don't do uh, don't believe what you see just uh, just tell just believe what I I tell you and one it's it's sleight of hand yes we are letting terrorists in they're catching a bunch sure mm-hmm. but just think of what's gone in and you take fentanyl for example they're seizing record amounts at the border yep oh we lost him again my Orcus sabotaging the call my Orcus. Actually, we know that's not true because Mayorkas was on TV lying to the reporters. I'm watching drone footage from Bill Malusian of people swimming across the border, talking about, you know, 80,000 people from Venezuela alone. Mayorkas cut your cell phone again, didn't he? (laughs) Did Mayorkas drop the call again? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what y'all are doing up there. Y'all better get straight. That's New York, man. Uh, anything, anything can happen. I mean, this is the truth too. I want to. I wanted to. I almost laugh about this as a coping mechanism. Um, you know, the situation is getting so dire here in New York, which was a self-declared sanctuary city, that our mayor is now claiming uh, he wants to rescind that status. He no longer wants to be a sanctuary city because it's my belief a lot of Democrats took that position when they knew they wouldn't have to take in migrants, meaning in the Trump era when the border crossings were going down. So it, was this kind of a fraudulent gesture to begin with? Absolutely. It was, It was again, we called their bluff. Actually, the Democrats called their own bluff. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, I was actually saying before um, somehow we got interrupted, we was just talking about what's going on with the border with fentanyl. They're mm-hmm. seizing record amounts. Yep. But the cost of fentanyl has dropped 50 percent on the streets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, record amount, double record amounts are now coming across our country. Yep. And, yeah, I love this thing about now not wanting sanctuary cities. Yeah. When it's in your backyard. Yeah. All of a sudden, not in my backyard. Yep. So, yeah, hypocritical. And by the way, mm-hmm. our borders are 
Kamala yeah. and her root causes. Uh, Kamala ain't doing too well because she hadn't done a damn thing. So. <laughs> but how insulting, because when you think about it, they're obviously every one of these crises for them is seen as an opportunity to push an ag- their agenda, whether it's related or not. Like when it came to the border, the idea that her study of root causes uh, determined that people were coming to our border because of climate change is just so insulting <laughs> on its face. None of them care what the weather's going to do in 50 years, number one. And number two, they're not coming because of climate change. Or they would have been coming under the previous administration. So did they just get out of bed one day and read about climate change and decide it's time to go? No, they're coming because they're getting in. It's that simple. I'm sorry. I, I I try not to say what I'm thinking, so I better not. Um, <laughs> Play some I defense. Mean, just really think the American people are that stupid? Uh, maybe, really? Maybe really? they they voted for her. Maybe, maybe. I didn't vote for her. You didn't vote for her. <laughs> no, man, uh, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how anybody's going to vote for her in 2024, but that's Ugh. a whole different issue. Isn't you know, right? the issue. If you look at it and begin try to be objective, Jimmy, mm-hmm. we've opened up our borders yep. and. You know, I've worked as a surgeon in some pretty desperate places in the world, so I absolutely understand the plight of individuals who want to come and make a better life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you, it, it's not these individuals' fault who want to come here. But the fact is we have certain limited resources, and we can't take everybody, especially at one time. And so there has to be a reasonable pattern of allowing people in this country. And that reasonable pattern was being done two years ago. Yep. And Biden, uh, you know, what their alternative, what their objective should be, I mean, most likely is just they want a single party takeover and they think this will be allowable to that. That's mm-hmm. what their only um, mm-hmm. plan is. And so, no, they're absolutely doing bringing death and destruction upon this country and fentanyl with human trafficking and everything else. And it's wrong. And I believe in impeachable offense. Yeah. In in a perfect world, there'd be real accountability for this because no one listening, no matter what state they happen to be in. We're in about 150 stations. There's no one listening uh, who has not had their own safety jeopardized by that dereliction of duty at the border. You know, the old adage in sports is defense wins championships. We're not playing any defense. Long story short, nobody's got their hands up. Nobody's playing defense. So uh, yeah. you and are. A, Go ahead. And Joe, uh, Joe finally admitted it's a crisis because it's been going to be chaos and such the fact that we're now finally mm-hmm. ordering um, part of our military to go down there and try to secure the border. Yeah. Um, should have been done two years ago. Thank you. Or actually it wasn't needed at all because we didn't need to change the laws. Thank you. Uh, listen, the referee has come back. Uh, your challenge was upheld. The play has been overturned. Uh, you get to hold on to your timeout. It was a great interview. Indeed. Excellent. Well done. We'll do it again soon, my man. Be well. There he goes. North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy is telling you the truth. The border is wide open. Biden sucks. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, bringing in one of my radio buddies now. He is the founder and executive director of Power the Future. Daniel Turner in the house. Hey, girl. Not just a radio buddy, but a buddy in life and forever, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's so true, Daniel Turner. Like, for real, you know, in Donnie Brasco, how I always say, like, you're a friend of ours. 
You know, he's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a local knockaround guy. I say he's a friend of ours. He's a made guy. You treat him with respect. Uh, as you know, uh, you are very much a friend of ours. Now, let's talk really quick, though, Daniel Turner. Yeah. Uh, they had a heck of a show on CNN last night. Like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Maybe not for the reasons they thought I would, but I certainly enjoyed it. Did you get a kick out of any of that? I did. I don't know who made the executive decision to let Caitlin Collins uh, uh, be the moderator. I, I mean, with no uh, <laughs> offense to Caitlin, we're all at one point sort of coming up and growing in our career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think she is ready to take – very few people, media personalities can take on Donald Trump, right? Leslie Stahl tried on 60 Minutes and yeah. was pretty much wiped with the floor, and she's been doing it for 137 years. That's a great so, point. So Caitlin – really was out of her depths. And Trump, I think when you have the personality like Trump, which I will say is another boy from Queens, is kind of a, 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 a trait of a lot of New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. When you sense blood and you, know, you smell blood, you go for it, right? Yeah. And and he did. He smelled blood and he was like, oh, this is my moment. And he went for it. It was wild. I mean, honestly, her being cast as moderator uh, was one issue. The other issue was she was also basically the audience and that she asked all the questions like he was. Yep. It was just a presidential debate between him and Caitlin Collins. And what's funny is they instead of letting the audience, the voter who is supposed to be questioning the presidential nom- candidate, uh, ask the questions. The, the audience just wound up being the audience, meaning laughing at what he said, applauding at some of the crazier lines. And it very much worked against them in a way that I don't think they foresaw but I think it was just inevitable because if you weren't going to let them participate by asking questions, they were going to participate by reacting to answers. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. It is. It's a great point. And it's very bizarre that we're now seven years into uh, the moment that he came down the uh, the golden escalator there, not mm-hmm. too far from where you're broadcasting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are still large networks like CNN, multi-billion dollar powerful networks that don't remotely understand the Trump phenomena or that his audience loves him and, mm-hmm. and they are not going to leave him. And they still think like, this is it, guys. We're going to do this town hall and we're going to show everyone who Trump is. They, they've never understood the guy, and it kind of explains why they're all struggling so bad to get ratings because if they don't understand him, they certainly don't understand their viewers. That's a really good point is that they thought by giving him that platform it's a win-win because they'll get the ratings and that he'll do exactly what he did. Like they expected him to do what he did last night. They just thought it would be a turnoff to the rest of the country, yeah. and that's the problem is the media elites – They're not aligned with the views and values of the voters. And that's also why the upset in 2016 was so shocking to them, as they thought everybody was as apoplectic about his tweets as they were when everybody else was like, oh, yeah, jobs sound good. Border security would be nice. (laughs) Stop getting ripped off by Europe. The priorities are different. But let me ask you this, because one of the questions that was in your wheelhouse uh, is he was asked about bringing down, you know, the cost of everything. And his reply was to drill, baby, drill. Uh, did the did the Turner family shoot their guns in the air in celebration? <laughs> I was very happy for that and also unsurprised. And Caitlin Collins should be unsurprised. And it's not because he has this 
you know, love affair for for oil, which he does. He loves the American energy industry, but he understands the basic laws of economics. And if you want to lower prices while the demand is consistent, you have to increase the supply of something. So all he's saying by drill, baby, drill is if we have a lot more oil, we will have less uh, cheaper prices and then the cheaper price of all goods because everything is grown, manufactured, transported. Everything needs oil. Everything needs energy. Yeah. And so it's just a basic understanding. And the, the flip side of that is what Biden has done. He's made it harder to produce oil, and he's bragged about it, right? right. He's bragged about how hard it is. I'm, I'm standing up to big oil. They're not going to have their moment. Okay, well, what's the result? The result is your eggs cost $5.50 a dozen. Mm-hmm. And and it drives me crazy that there is still this huge, no offense to our beloved housewife listeners, but there's this huge housewife contingency that they keep saying, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. Well, housewives, will you vote for $5.50 dozen eggs again? Because that's the alternative. <laughs> Right. That is the alternative. And I don't like his rhetoric. Well, I don't like my my grocery bill. Make make America eggs again. (laughs) It doesn't it doesn't quite snap the way MAGA does, but it's a great way of framing it. If you are a housewife listening right now or anybody living on a fixed income, for that matter, you know, inflation is real. It's not going away. And the idea that I, I, you know, I mentioned this earlier and you kind of speak to this. The importance of energy independence is you don't have to get out of bed at any point in the near future and hear that someone got in an argument on the other side of the world. So now you're paying five eighty nine for gas. You know, if you're energy independent, we don't have to hear ridiculous phrases like Putin's price hike. But the truth is, it could only be a Putin price hike because Biden created that circumstance. No, absolutely. And, And this is what we've been saying and you've been lucky. Uh, you've been kind enough to to have me on your program, and I've been lucky enough to be on. But we've been saying this since Biden was inaugurated, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If we just had our own robust energy supply, which we did not long ago, it wouldn't matter what Putin did. It wouldn't matter what Iran does. It wouldn't matter about tensions in the Straits of Hormuz. Heck, that wonderful hit we did on Kennedy together a week mm-hmm. and a half ago. We talked about Russian uh, um, um, oil tankers being seized by the Iranians yep. again. None of that would matter if we had our own robust energy supply. And isn't that nice? Isn't autonomy nice? Isn't it nice to not have to worry about what your idiot neighbors do because you don't really care? Boy, I I miss those days. I I don't know. Somehow that makes both of us white supremacists. I'm not entirely sure how, (laughs) but but we're canceled. Congratulations, Turner. Thanks again. (laughs) We'll do it soon, man. Thanks for this, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jimmy. My man, the great Daniel Turner. There he goes. There we go. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we're back in action, fired up, doing the dang thing. 888-788-9910. The phone number, Chadwick Moore. Is going to be stopping by, senior editor at The Spectator. You watch him all over the Fox News channel. We are reacting to Trump's CNN town hall last night. That was embarrassing. For them. And we're also talking about Title 42 coming off the books as we speak. I got a bad feeling about this. It'll only get worse when you hear a little bit of Secretary Mayorkas' press conference. And we're also going to get into some culture war stuff. If it's going on in the country... 
It happens on the show. This is our family meeting. That's what Fox Across America is. Get the whole family together, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Okay, we're just going to talk about everything going on in the country. Have a couple of laughs along the way because you have to. Okay, America, we're in a weird spot right now. Uh, <laughs> on the world stage, man, it ain't pretty. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by oh. very stupid people. A lot of people feel that way. Here's one of the stupid people, Kamala Harris. She's your vice president. I meant to play this clip earlier. Let's just start the hour with it, uh, and we'll just go off the rails from here and understand where I'm at. Okay, Title 42 just officially opens the border once and for all. Okay, and to be clear, it's already open. We've had 6 million people come into the country illegally this year. 6 million, highest recorded number in history. And now we're rescinding the last policy in place that was there to control the flow of immigration. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Is it ever? Okay, so today's one of those days where the world feels like it's on fire And I just need to lean into that blaze and roast a few marshmallows. It's a coping mechanism for people who want to maintain their sanity because with dereliction of duty at the border, it's grotesque. You know, it's grotesque for the migrants who are now embroiled in a humanitarian crisis because they've been they've were incentivizing this perilous journey that they take. And it's obviously consequential for people on this side of the border who will watch the resources get more strapped than they already are. So if you are poor, if you are on a fixed income, if you are reliant on our social safety net, you now take a back seat to the millions of people about to enter this country illegally. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Idiots run the country, so we might as well have some fun mocking them and laughing at them. Here's a stupid person, Kamala Harris, yesterday speaking about hope and faith. <laughs> A little bit of a redundancy here. Clip 38. And on the issue of equity, you know, this is about, this commission is about speaking real, right? Motivated by hope and faith, but speaking truth about the obstacles to actually achieving all that hope and faith can drive. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Kamala likes to repeat herself. She finds phrases and likes to just beat them into the ground. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. (laughs) To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. (laughs) Crazy persons are like her. I think he's got a point. She's nuts. Complete whack job. Okay. You can't can't be president, dude. You can't, like, understand. 
I'm not talking to you as a Republican right now. I'm talking to you as an American. I'm your teammate. You might not agree with me politically. I'm still your teammate. It's America. We're on the same team. We have different political parties. Fine. Who cares? We live in the same country. As it goes, we go. Guys, she can't be the first person in line to the presidency. The guy who's in there now is horrific. The reason they're okay with him being president is because he's not the president. The bureaucrats in D.C. that call the shots in this administration, they're the ones running the country. Tell them like it is. But understand, if someone younger... If, heaven forbid, Biden were to come out of the position because they did eventually have the 25th Amendment, the guy, because he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs himself, you know, there could come a day where, heaven forbid, Biden steps out to the podium and tells everybody he's Batman. They're going to have to bring in Robin. That's not good. Okay, Kamala Harris is weapons grade stupid, a stupid person. You know who else is stupid? The people running our border. Kamala Harris is technically the border czar. She's supposed to be in charge of the border. And her only exercise in policing the border so far is to conduct a study on the root causes of illegal immigration, which she blamed on climate change. You are so full of sh- Climate change. As if people are walking a thousand miles because they're worried about the weather. In 50 years. Are you stupid or something? No, she's a sociopath. They know it's not climate change. Nobody cares about climate change except really rich liberal elites. That's it. It's a form of white privilege in a sense because 99% of the people, okay, who are focused on climate change are white people who have spectacular prosperity in their lives and want more by selling gloom and doom for a paycheck. Money, 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 money. That's all climate change is. The world's going to end. Pay up. Now, could you pay me quick because i got to get on my private jet and fly out of here. world's going to end. Hurry up. Come on. The world's ending. That's what they do. But Kamala Harris created this situation, okay, in the world that she, when she was a senator, was one of the people telling you that securing our border was racist, famously comparing ICE agents who deport violent criminals to KKK agents, saying there was an overlap between the KKK and ICE. No, no, stop it. ICE is there to make sure the rapists, the muggers, the robbers, the murderers are thrown out of our country. Okay, ICE is protecting you. KKK wasn't protecting anybody, okay? They're a disgusting stain on the soul of this nation, but thankfully no nation has done more to level the playing field than eradicate the Klan, and the Jim Crow South that was run and presided over by the Democrats, if you wanted to get technical, but I'd rather just move past this issue altogether. The people who told you securing the border were racist are the reason we no longer have border security. Front door of the house, wide open. It's stupid. So much of what we focus on is the hypothetical, is like the re-characterization of the issue. Like a good example was the Trump town hall. Let me give you a clip of Trump talking about the Ukrainian war. Trump said his priority was not to take a side. It was to end the bloodshed, stop spending all this money on death and destruction. And that is ultimately, if you're trying to negotiate a peace, what you should be prioritizing. But because he didn't declare a sworn allegiance to Ukraine over Russia, they're trying to reframe this. Is this guy some type of a Putin puppet? No. If you're trying to negotiate the end of a war, you don't show up and say, hey, I'm on their side. Let's negotiate. Why? Because the people on the other side of the aisle... Okay, aren't going to see this as an invitation to settle. 
They're going to see it as an escalation. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. This isn't a good faith negotiation if the negotiator shows up and says, now I'm on their side, but let's settle this thing in a way that will appease them. Nobody wants to make that deal. They want some type of a break even, some type of a palatable settlement that ends the violence. But again, because we recharacterize words as things other than what they are, you see an end result of a situation that gets exponentially worse in a physical way. Okay, this war in Ukraine leaves us at the brink of World War III, heaven forbid, if something goes sideways. These are the two biggest superpowers in the world in terms of nuclear arsenals, the United States and Russia. So maybe not getting into an endless conflict with them that has no end in sight would be in our best interest. In the short term, it's at the very least in the best interest of the people of Ukraine who are dying in massive numbers. But here is Trump talking about Okay, what he would do or what he would prioritize if he were the president when it comes to Ukraine. Okay, I thought this was fascinating. I thought it was a great answer. Clip four. If I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? I'll meet with Putin. I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking out. What do you, can I just follow up on that? You but said you don't think you in have terms to do of winning is you have and losing. To get the, you have Mr. To President, get can Europe. I just follow up on that because that's a really important Excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170. And they should an be. And they should the equalize. Such an idiot. I mean, really. But you won't say who should win the war. Okay, here's a newsflash, guys. There's no winners in a war. There's death and destruction on all sides. War is never a victory for anybody in the long run. It's a loss for everybody involved. But a guy trying to negotiate the peace is there rather than focusing on the peace, rather than focusing on minimizing the loss of life and the amount of money spent, we're going to now spend a news cycle saying wanting to end the war is bad. Because if you just want to end the war... Now, you're somehow in Putin's pocket. You're a Putin puppet. Even Chris Christie took time out from the Chinese buffet today to tweet that Trump was a Putin puppet. Stop it, Chris Christie. You worked for Trump, okay, at a time when you were defending him against that very allegation. But now that it's politically expedient, you're like, well, I got to align myself with something. Chris Christie wants to run against Trump. That's the goal. He's planning to run against Trump, which is idiotic. He doesn't have any chance. But the reason they take shots at Trump is they're hoping he'll fire back. He'll raise their profile. They'll be able to do a little bit of a fundraise. The media might get behind them, boost their relevance. And the next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. That's what they're going for here. Okay, but Chris Christie knows he's not a Putin puppet. And you can't come out and flat out say, well, I need Ukraine to win. So let's all get to the table and negotiate. That doesn't sound like a good faith negotiation, number one. But number two, the idea that one guy is speaking out on behalf of ending war and people want you to believe he's the bad guy is weapons grade stupid. 
But everything we do is a mischaracterization. I'll give you another example. The Charlize Theron clip I wanted to play you. Another idiot. Charlize Theron. Okay, they're doing this rally. It's pro-drag. You know, we need drag shows for the kids. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, but the Democrats are mischaracterizing the Republican position on drag queens and on transgender issues. Okay, they keep saying, oh, we're anti-drag. No, we're not. All we said is don't do it to kids. Same thing with transgenderism. We're not trying to kill them. We're not trying to deny them their rights. We're saying don't force gender reassignment surgeries on kids just because you want to make some money, just because you want to manufacture a civil rights movement. Okay, and pretend these are oppressed people that society is out to kill and somehow you're the valiant hero protecting them. Nobody wants to kill or harm the transgender community. They're too busy harming themselves. Okay, if you go out and mutilate a five-year-old kid and subject him or her to a lifetime supply of surgeries and medications, you're doing all the damage in the world. All we're trying to do is prolong that damage by forcing them to wait until they're an adult so they have the legal authority to make those life-altering decisions for themselves. But the Democrats are trying to characterize that and repurpose that argument as we're out to kill these people. Here's Charlize Theron threatening to beat up anyone who criticizes drag queens. Clip 39. We love you, queens. We love, we love you, queens. We're in your corner, and we've got you, and I will f*** anybody up who's, like, trying to f*** with anything with you guys. It's really, in all seriousness, there's so many things that are hurting and really killing our kids and we all know what i'm talking about right now and it ain't no drag queen you don't have a clue charlize theron (laughs) i will f anybody up who's trying to do anything with you guys in all seriousness okay is anyone trying to attack the drag queens the answer would be no no nobody cares drag queens have been around forever forever okay all we're saying is don't do it to kindergarten kids And when you tell the Democrats, go, well, you know, you're kind of grooming them. You're kind of sexualizing little kids. They're like, no, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're interested in. Well, then how come they're not having like drag queens for like juniors or seniors? Okay, they're having them for like kindergarten kids. It's really weird. And they want the little kids to believe they're doing it in their best interests. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. The point is, every one of these arguments, every one of these battlegrounds, including the real battleground of Ukraine, the real battleground of our southern border, the real battleground that's becoming a surgical civil rights movement over butchering transgender children who would have no idea transgenderism was a thing unless their adult parents forced that view on them, Okay, every one of the Democratic positions is based on a mischaracterization of the Republican stance. And that's why in every faction of society, people are suffering as as a result. Adults and children suffering in Ukraine over an unwillingness by the neocons and, you know, big war in D.C. to end that conflict. Certainly the children suffering at our southern border and certainly the children that will spend the rest of their lives suffering because Democrats convinced them to chop off their junk because it was fashionable. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Chadwick Moore is coming up. 
But his opening act down in Louisiana, Brendan, is on the line. Yo, Brendan! Hey, Jimmy. Um, first um, of all, I'd say um, enjoy your show. Um, appreciate you uh, listening well, to your podcast. Whoa. I, we knew there had to be one guy. Thanks for that, Brendan. There's <laughs> probably more, but you never know. So, no, well, even uh, one is a start, but thank you. Uh, yeah, so did you watch the town hall? Yes, I did. Um, I watched the town. No, I didn't watch the town hall. I listened to the town hall, okay. heard it, and it it was it was amazing. It made me realize why um, I love Trump so much. Um, <laughs> he totally just the whole deal. Everyone went into it thinking, oh, you know, it, the CNN this is a trap, and of course they tried. But mm-hmm. Trump just Trump schooled her, and and the deal is the the topics that she was asking about were these hot topic issues and all that stuff like that. He answered those questions, even though she tried to push him. And the people that had the questions, the real people that had the questions, you know, they got some answers because real people are thinking about the economy, how much gas, mm-hmm. gas costs, food, all that, those things, southern border, you know, all those kind of things. And he answered those questions, and he's – and like he said, he's he's going up. He's, he's, he's been going up, and I know, like I said, polls – Polls don't necessarily mean a whole lot, but they do reflect some public sentiment. And he's been leading everyone. Um, he he's been leading Biden. He's been leading DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, I'd like to say I appreciate how you um, your show does not. Um, I know I know a lot of Fox stuff is kind of um, kind of leaning. It's a leaning against Trump, but I do appreciate that you don't do that. That you give him a fair shake. We're just calling so, a fair fight over here, man. I'm going to lose you to a commercial break, not because of anything you said. We'll do it again, Brendan. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Motley Crue, Girl, Don't Go Away Mad. I do believe it would be them, Don't Go Away Mad. Isn't that how the song goes? Girls, girls, thou theys, theys, theys? I don't know. They've ruined pop culture. Uh, joining us now, a man who could save it. Uh, senior editor over at The Spectator. Uh, fan favorite here on the Fox News Channel. The lovely and talented Chadwick Moore. Hey, girl. Hey, girl, what's going on? Everything's going on. I want to jump right in. I'm going to cut right to the chase, Chadwick. Put the old police flasher right on the roof of the car and get going. (laughs) We have like nine topics. We're just going to lightning round this really quickly. So, yeah, I played a clip earlier. You might not even follow this story, but Charlize Theron was at like a pro-drag rally, and she vowed that she was going to beat up anybody who messes with drag queens. Now, I would pay a lot of money to get beat up by Charlize Theron. Was this not the deterrent <laughs> that she thinks it was? Because that sounds kind of wouldn't you like to get beat up by Charlie Theron? Be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not me personally, but I know that you would very much like to be beat up by by her. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think these drag queens really need her defending them. Have you seen some of them? They're enormous. <laughs> <laughs> guys like guys and like six ten. Yeah. When, you know, when, back in my day, when maybe the country was actually a little more homophobic. They all carried knives with them. Like you didn't mess with the drag queen. Okay. Now they made it a little more softer, yeah. but, uh, cause you know, they've been coddled so much, Yep, yep. but uh, I think they can defend themselves from what I've seen. Oh, that's a funny story. I once saw a drag queen get really street. I was driving someone to Brooklyn. 
uh, a gentleman in drag, if you will, in my taxi. And he got in a fight with somebody uh, in East New York, like got out of the street and went from like, yeah, baby, love you, baby. Yeah, baby. To like, yo, you got a problem. And it was amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> took like took the wig off and assumed a fighting posture. And it was, you know, you talk about peace through strength. You're right to say a lot of drag queens aren't getting attacked because they are literally speaking softly and carrying a big stick if you're picking up what I'm putting down. I mean, the, the, the late, great Jerry Springer had an entire show based on that, based on oh, his so entire funny. career. It is. Well, it's like, I, you know, I made this joke uh, earlier in the week about how if Jerry Springer, you know, gone way too soon, um, if Jerry Springer had a show right now, like the Bidens would star in most of the episodes. Like my my parents <laughs> won't acknowledge my stripper baby. Are you telling totally. me that's not an episode? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, I was at my lowest where I was, you know, smoking Parmesan cheese. Uh, <laughs> everything about it. You're uh, so right. how, how about this with like the Sam Britton episode? I'm a cross-dressing <laughs> luggage thief and that's awesome. <laughs> And now everyone in the audience has to be like, you ain't all that cross-dressing <laughs> luggage thief. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. So many good episodes. I, I can't wait to see what Sam Britton's going to be doing next. I think there's something. I think we're onto something here. Oh, I know. listen. If this was the 90s, half of this administration would be on a daytime talk show. They would yeah. like that's what even like a Dylan Mulvaney would come on dressed as a woman and be like, I'm all that. And then some like heavy set <laughs> black woman would get up and be like, you ain't all that. And the crowd would laugh and cheer and, you know, get out of here. And we'd love yeah. it. It'd be great entertainment. I look better in this Nike sports bra than your girl does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody, yeah. Oh, hell no. And they'd clap and laugh <laughs> and get out of here. You don't need a bra. You need a straight jacket. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. And they'd bring down the house. And we'd be like, this is amazing. <laughs> So true. And now, so true. and now, all of those daytime TV heels are working in the White House. It's <laughs> bananas. Like this season of America is so gonzo. Like no one can even keep up with it. It's gotten crazy, <laughs> crazy. Oh, crazy. Chadwick crazy. Moore. Chadwick Moore is on the phone. Everybody's excited about it. Did you, um, by any chance, catch any of the highlights of the Trump Town Hall? Because it was a joy to watch. Oh, it was. I watched the whole thing last night. And and was it just me or did CNN end it like 20 minutes early? All right. So I've heard two reports on this because I think it's funny. Okay, now you understand they have had Biden on before. So it's possible they budgeted the extra 20 minutes for the amount of time it takes him to get off stage. You know, (laughs) he walks around, he gets lost. He's, you know, shaking hands with visible people. But I I heard that the reason they budgeted those extra 30 minutes was because they expected it to go one block longer than the hour. But make no. Now, I've heard that. But would you also not be surprised if they just pulled the plug? Because it wasn't what they wanted. Like, they wanted the spectacle, but they thought the spectacle would make him look bad. Like, they expected gasps where they got applause breaks and laughter. Right. Yeah. I mean, that audience was just they loved him. I mean, they were so primed. They were in a good mood. They wanted to laugh and giggle and have a good time. Mm -hmm. It was shocking to see that on CNN. And that's the first time I think I've ever watched CNN outside of an airport lounge. (laughs) It was most of CNN's viewership comes from Fox shows putting on a CNN clip and being like, you believe this? You know, (laughs) that's most of their viewership comes from us making fun of them. So they kind of went in like this. It was, you know, almost like an admirable direction to go in. Uh, But the reaction on their side, you know, like, I can't believe you're platforming this. I so hate the term platforming when it comes to the guy's an ex-president. He's the most famous human being alive. They make it sound like like if they didn't put him on TV last night, nobody would know Donald Trump or or his viewpoints. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I can't believe you're platforming the person that you can't stop talking about. Yeah, I can't believe you're, you're giving a platform to the guy who's 23 hours and 59 minutes of your coverage every day. Why are we doing this, Chris Licht? Why are we doing this to our channel? It's, it's, it's so true. Like, this is, that's the channel that once ran the story about him getting two scoops of ice cream at his meetings. Do you remember that? Like, he gets oh, yeah. two scoops of ice cream and the guests only get one. What kind of a monster, you know? It's crazy, Chadwick Moore. People have no self-awareness. I mean, but in all honesty, like, is there any world where they would, you'd, they'd let Biden do an hour of a town hall ever again? Oh, my gosh. No, no. I mean, I think he's built up such a tolerance to whatever and means they're putting him on during the 2020 election. I mean, how would they even (laughs) – he's just gone even downhill since then. I don't know what they would do. That is so true. You know, it's like if you are a B12 salesman, you are rooting hard for a second Biden term because they are making (laughs) so much money selling uppers to the White House when they need to give him a good speech. Yeah, we've talked about this. The problem with taking someone on dementia with dementia and shooting them up is it often will highlight the dementia, meaning like he'll start screaming for no reason or whispering for no reason because he gets fits of energy and doesn't quite deploy them in the context that he should be speaking in. It's like if you take a 90-year-old woman and give her Botox injections in her lips and fake boobs, it just makes her arms and neck look older, you know, because there's a bigger contrast (laughs) And that, right, that's, yeah. that's what's going on. Now, look at us. Now this has turned into an episode of Nip Tuck. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is Biden. So what else? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got me there. We're talking to the great Chadwick Moore. Um, there was no coverage yesterday or today uh, anywhere outside of Fox about the documents as it pertains to the family's business dealings. Uh, money was laundered, uh, according to the documents yesterday, through 15 different shell companies before they wound up in the grandkids' bank accounts. Clearly, these are transactions that are on the level, no? Well, here's here's my kind of uh, darkly conspiratorial thoughts. Is as soon as I was listening to the, the press conference announcing what they want, you know, what they want investigated, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this gives the Democrats an out to get rid of Biden and Harris and bring in Newsom or whoever they want. No. That's, you know what I mean? I thought about that, but then they're not covering it. Like, I agree. Because they're trying to do that to Dianne Feinstein. They're trying to leak stories of her saying bad things and kind of not know where she is because they want yeah. her out too. I, I, I don't doubt that, except nobody is kind of capitalizing on it. Like, I, I, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that they want to run this thing with Biden again, considering where he's polling, considering the condition the country's in. But I yeah. think they're just resigned to their fate. I don't know. Are you, you're holding out hope. You're saying we could get an alternative on the ticket yet. Well, you, well, you know, maybe they, whoever they are, has to have a meeting, the party bosses, before they send the instructions down to the media. To be, okay, you know, like, hold off for now. We're deciding if we want to replace them or not. Uh-huh. And then, you know, maybe that could, you know how they operate. So, you know so, them. So you're saying somewhere in Beijing, Xi Jinping is flipping a yeah. coin over whether Biden's allowed to run again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. President Xi, yeah, he's just like, let me think about this, guys. Hold off for now, New York Times. And I'll let you know. <laughs> it's Because like, you got to think, for Xi, it's hard because he's got to be president in two countries. You know, you got to think of the burden on him. Can you imagine that job that he has being president of two countries? God, it's got to be taxing on him. You talk about a bad work-life balance. <laughs> Xi Jinping, you know what I mean? It's crazy. You know what I learned about Xi Jinping? Mm-hmm. He's six feet tall. 
Is that true? And he's like Han Chinese. Like he's like the tallest man in the country. Isn't that crazy? I didn't. I did not know that. I did not. He's I don't. Huge. I did yeah. not know. I do not know a lot of Xi Jinping fun facts. I, <laughs> I just. I just know that he considers America the number one comedy channel in the world. Like he well, must. And, and so do, that's what we have in common with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's so funny though because like everything in America that we're railing against, we're empowering in China. You know. We're like, oh, the climate's bad, so we'll buy all of this climate stuff off China while they pollute even more, you know? (laughs) And every woke corporation talking about oppression and everything in between can't outsource their money or their business quick enough to China where they're actually oppressing people. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 totally. We're we're telling children they're oppressed if they can't go to a drag show. They're telling children to get back to work in the Nike factory. And it's like, <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's bananas. It's bananas, Chadwick. It's bananas. Um, and yeah, like we celebrate Take Your Kid to Work Day one day a year. Over there, it's three hundred and sixty-five days a year. They have bring, bring they have Bring Your Parent to Work Day one day out of the year. And we're like, it's so bad here. What are we going to catch up? But we have no perspective. We're a laughing stock. Um, one thing, Chadwick. Well, I got you on the line. The great Chadwick Moore. Okay. Have you not enjoyed on some level? There's a bit of COVID revisionist history going on. And Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, is now apparently this whole time we didn't know it, but she was a crusader for reopening schools. Uh, when, we, when we were watching all of those flash mob dances and teachers drinking wine in their pajamas, it turns out that was just an exercise in summoning the collective willpower to get kids back into the classroom. <laughs> I was, so I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, like, you know, as, as the kids say on the Internet, red pilling. And, you know, and, yep. and I was saying, you know, most, most people I know were kind of that 2015, 2016, and they kind of like – left the Democrat Party, started waking up to the corruption in the media, et cetera. But then there was this huge wave in 2020 that I was that I'm more aware of every day because I meet all these people who say, well, you know, before 2020 I was a Democrat. I'm like, that's interesting. And my friend said to me, well, 2016 was men and 2020 was women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because the schools yep. and and the injections. And I was like, you know what? Most of the people I talked to were women who were like 2020 was the year that I Stop yep. calling myself a Democrat. And now Randy Weidgarten, of course, doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. It's and, um, But, I mean, that had such a huge effect on people, and especially parents and moms are still angry about it, as they should be. Oh, it's so – it's sick. It's sick. Uh, and, and, I mean, you got to put yourself even in a liberal parent's shoes. Not only are they missing out on education, but have you ever been to a drag show over Zoom? You know, it's not the same. <laughs> the, the kids can't even tip. You call this a kindergarten class? They can't, can't even, even smell the stale booze of a drag queen's dress <laughs> over Zoom. <laughs> That's a part of the experience. You can't even smell the cheap champagne. I mean, what is it? You call this an education system. What's become of this country, Chadwick Moore? It's not right. Uh, I miss you. We'll do some TV soon, okay? All right. Sounds good, buddy. You're the best, Chad. See you, buddy. The great Chadwick Moore. You think about what – I mean, if you look out at the rest of the world – Because you understand who America is, okay? Just look at it like the world is a block, okay? It's a street you grew up on, okay? We are the richest, biggest house on the block. Like the house is too big for the lot we're on, exponentially bigger. You know when they dormer a house and they make it like a bear on a tricycle compared to the lot it's on in the suburbs? It's so much bigger than the land. There's a lot of that. You know, we're in that house. It's the biggest house on the block by far. You can see the thing from space, 
and were loaded. Got all the nice cars, the nice pools, all the best video games. Got a private chef in the kitchen. And all we're doing is complaining about how hard we have it. And the rest of the world is just looking at us in our house and just laughing at us. Like you just have no idea, you have no perspective. It is embarrassing. What we're doing to consider ourselves oppressed in the nicest house on the block. But that's the left's whole mantra now. It is victimhood over victorhood. Victorhood is you can do it. You live in the greatest country in the world. You've got every resource known to man at your disposal. The left is very much running on the antithesis of that, which is victimhood. Okay, we can't do it. It's so hard here in the biggest economy in the world. (laughs) It's so hard here in the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. Folks, we have it so good, we are inventing, inventing new lanes of oppression. You think about this. Okay, two years ago, no one was walking around in polite society saying men could get pregnant. Nobody. And if they were, if someone was walking around two years ago telling you a man could get pregnant, you'd be like, they're crazy. Straight up. Everyone would laugh. They'd be clowned out of polite society. Like, what's wrong with you? Biology. Hey, dummy. What are you doing this for? Why? Because they invented a battleground. They invented a fake form of oppression. So they can now weaponize that sentiment of, you know, men can get pregnant against people who want to argue otherwise. Well, now you're just persecuting me for my views. No, it's not your views. It's not intolerance. Uh, We're not the ones that are intolerant. Biology is intolerant to your viewpoint. But they'll yell and scream. And to the rest of the world, people like, you believe what these spoiled, fat, rich kids are doing in America? They're fighting a form of pretend oppression. We're doing that with racism right now. It's not a more tolerant society on the planet when it comes to race. There is nowhere on earth you can get a job and hold on to it if you admit to openly discriminating against anybody. Yeah, if you said you hate white people, you probably get hired over at MSNBC. But the point is, in most places, you can't do that. We're playing with a pretend level of oppression because we have it so good. We have it so tolerant in the richest, biggest house on the block that we're bored. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth. Here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that is going on the road next weekend. Hey, girl, we're going to be down in Clearwater, Florida at the Capitol Theater Saturday night, May the 20th. Then June the 3rd, we head out to the Adler Theater in Davenport, Iowa. The Mesa Arts Center, June the 10th in Mesa, Arizona. And then, of course, the 24th, we are at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. July the 8th, we take it to the Holland Civic Center. July the 29th, we are in St. Mary's, Ohio at the Grand Opera House. And lastly, the Laughs and Liberty Tour rounds out its summer in Henderson, Nevada at the Green Valley Ranch on August 25th. Hey, girl, come down, hang out with your radio buddy. You can see Kennedy in action. Uh, She was great, by the way. If you were in Reading this past weekend, uh, you know, Kennedy doesn't have a background in stand-up, but she's such an outrageously good performer as a TV person, as a former MTV VJ. So a lot of funny stories, did a lot of really good impressions. 
She does a phenomenal impression of AOC. AOC is a dope. Maybe so, but it was very funny, and uh, there was just such a good vibe in the room when I got on stage. It was really an epic night, so come be a part of that. Uh, tonight, you can be a part of Failavision at 6 o'clock. I'm on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy on the Fox Business Network, the bottom line is the name of the show. And then tonight at 9, getting the band back together with Sean Hannity. 9 o'clock, live audience show. You can see me in action doing what I do best, which is eating way too much in the green room and wearing an outrageously loud jacket. Don't you have any respect for yourself? (laughs) Not much, uh, but I'll be back here to do the damn thing again tomorrow. Until then, pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.